And welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here are your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories, and I am your host, Fred. Uh, today we're continuing our thrilling ride to the Christian science fiction future of the Spirit Blade, uh, with the continuation of Dark Ritual, the story of freedom fighters in a corrupt, dangerous, disbelieving world. Last week, we met some of the key players, the brash and musical leader, the tough soldier, the half-man, half-robot, and now they encounter challenges beyond what they ever expected. Enjoy the next half-hour of Spirit Blade Dark Ritual. I don't know, Ran. I still think this trip can wait. That assassin ninja thingy is still out there. But it was looking for you, and it seemed to know from the start where you were. So at worst, it'll return, see that you're gone, turn around and go home. It only attacked the men that physically stood in its way. It didn't need information or anything else. It just came for you. Well, comforting. Thanks, Ran. But are you sure there wasn't something more to it? I mean, he might have made a straight line to me, but he seemed to enjoy creeping everybody else out, too. What do you want these power cells, Ran? Second bin on the transport. Thanks, David. Are you sure I can't come along? I want to help you guys. Well, you can't, okay? It's too dangerous for you, so just quit asking. Why is everyone so worried about me? I can take care of myself. David, trust me. The best thing for you to do is stay here, go to school, and avoid this whole mess. Here, David, let me help you with those. Okay, what's next on the list? We need to check pulse generators. So, the focus program. Make any friends yet? A couple. Not seekers, though. Yeah. Listen, David... I know you want to help, but we suffered huge losses last year, and we're just trying to think of safety right now. What's so dangerous about where you're going? Well, hopefully nothing once we get there. From what we can tell, it's a small, somewhat primitive community that we're trying to reach. Some of the locals near them think they might be seekers, but our transports and other equipment start to shut down when we get too close. Now, I don't know what to make of that, but it could mean something very bad for anyone that drops in for an unannounced visit. You can't ask them if you can come? No, they've completely cut off communication with the rest of the world. Which is surprising, since it's such a, a large area, but we're hoping that we can establish peaceful contact and from there look for common ground. If we can find some allies in this war, that'll go a long way toward turning things around. What's wrong? I just... I feel like if the only isn't speaking through me anymore, I don't have much purpose. Listen, I can tell you firsthand... But the only doesn't always use us according to our skill set. Sometimes it seems like the opposite. But he knows what he's doing. And giving up on you isn't part of his agenda, alright? Besides, if the only's giving you some time away from the front lines, I'd take it. Yeah, I guess. Easy for you to say, though. Yesu's using you a lot. What was it like for you when the only would talk through you? I don't know. I guess kind of like I was dreaming. I sorta of knew what was going on, but I just watched it happen. Anything else? Like, aside from what the only was using you to say, did you ever, I don't know, feel like you knew things? Knew things? Yeah, and then forgot them all as soon as it was over, as soon as he was done saying what he came to say. No, I don't even know what you mean. When I get these surges from him, I'm suddenly aware of more, or, or I know more, or something. Just for that little window of time, it's like I can see my past and my future, every moment of them, all at once. Then you're seeing your life like the only sees it. Without time. Like no man has ever meant to. Except for me, I guess. But why? I don't know. We're done with preparations. It's time to go.
proceed. They are weakened, all of them, by personal doubt. Shaken by the ease with which their base was infiltrated, I accomplished exactly as you had hoped. They are fearful and plagued with uncertainty. We shall make use of this. What did you learn of the boy? He shows no sign of his previous abilities. In fact, his record indicates that he may no longer have them. We cannot take the chance. He must be dealt with. Oh, I don't think that will be a problem. We may even be able to make use of his disposal. The others seem quite attached to him. Yes, seek guidance from the Dark One in this matter. He may have use for the boy. He does indeed. The Dark One has already contacted me. The Sanctavi are ready. They will prove troublesome only if they can overcome the trap of their own devising. Until then, their power will be allied with our own. Have you considered uniting them with Claudius Falgor? His shell has served us appropriately in the past. Yes, but using him has also drawn unwanted attention. We have cloned his body and bonded a new demon to it. One that will not make the mistakes of his predecessor. Then, Atlantis will be staying out of the picture. Only superficially. As you should know better than any, Atlantis has already played a very significant role in our current efforts. All things conspire to hand us the liberation. Victory is measured only in time now. And your vessel, have you discovered its limits? Its limits have not yet been thoroughly tested. For now it is proving sufficient. Excellent. We will continue preparations. Proceed. Merrick. Merrick, wake up. You were sleeping on my shoulder. Oh, sorry, you get a little uh, wet spot there. Sorry. Oh, long flight. What's Rand doing? Working on some program. Is that the same program he's been working For on? six months. Jack. That's good to have a hobby, I guess. Vincent, we never talk. Nope. So have you heard any people lately? No. But I'm thinking about it. Okay. We're closing in on the coordinates you gave me, Merrick. What should we be prepared for? The pilots I hired to take me out here the last two times managed to turn back before complete power loss, but as we got close, everything... Started doing that? Yeah, pretty much. I've extended the glider wings for a non-powered landing, so we should... Whack. Why didn't I think of that? His cybernetic systems are shutting down, too. He's convulsing. What now? What now? I'll take care of him. You gotta land this thing. What? You gotta be kidding me. Just grab the manual controls and pull up. Uh, Vincent. You're doing fine. Yeah, well, there's a big ball of fire flying toward us. Oh, what? Yeah, it, it came from somewhere on the surface, and I, I I don't think it's gonna stop. Holy crap. Open the hatch, kid. I can't. They're power operated. All right, grab a hold of Ram. I'm gonna blow the door, and then we jump. Jump? There's no landing pods or parachutes. How are we gonna survive that? I don't know. One problem at a time. Besides, didn't you jump out of a skyscraper once? Well, this is different. Guess we'll see, won't we? That jag. Blowing charges in three, two, one. 
I'll stay here and try to help Brenner. But what about- You're useless here, kid. Go. Into your hands, I commit my spirit. No more wind, but I can still see them falling. Not enough time, not enough time. Interact with the spirit world. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, Yesu, please, I know I'm kind of new at this, but if Rand's stuff can interact with this world, and there's an energy here that you created that could power his cybernetics... Oh, come on, focus, Merrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Rand! Rand, we were hit! I, I don't know how to stop you from falling! Okay? I'm fine. Although this part of the forest has probably seen better days. Look at the size of this crater. Rand did all this? Look, there he is. And I think his forest field is still running. Rand! Rand, are you okay? Oh, yeah, pretty sure. And I think whatever shut down the transport did the same to your cybernetic systems. Drack, it's my fault, man. That was stupid. I should have seen that coming. I should have seen it coming. I just... I just forget sometimes that I... How are my systems operational now? Ask Merrick. Yeah, it was crazy. I, in the spirit world, I think I, or, or the only, did something to divert Miracly into your systems. Of course. Everything I create is designed to be compatible with Miracly, but... I never tried using it with my own systems before. My pulse weapon is still dead, too, so Miracle I must be the only thing keeping you with us. Looks like your trick worked. Took out a city block worth of forest, but it worked. <laughs> Man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hold right there. Place your hands behind your heads slowly. Whoa, whoa, what? Shut up, Merrick. Do what they say. We're not here to harm you. We've come to speak this to you. This flesh is tainted by the alloys of the evil one. Encircle them, brothers. They cannot return with us to the village, and we must purify this place of their stain. All right, that doesn't sound good. What's with the blue robes? These guys wizards or something? Ha! Our power is greater than that of any depraved black devices. We will the strength of the Lorga, and by his might you shall be slain. Look out! Bang! Godly filth. Not a chance. Hey, Merlin, why don't you bring that big stick over here? You mock the ways of the sun tie. My staff will silence your pagan tongue. The glow of Miracle is on this one. Then it's true that the fallen ones wield it as well. Show me your secrets, servant of the Dark One. Yellow, you think it's time to assist? Wait, wait, wait. Servant of the what? Merrick! 
Metallic Blasphemer, your fate will be the same. Finder's Keepers. You dare hold my staff? Oh, sorry. Why don't I give it back? This one is strong physically. Unfortunately, he is weak spiritually. Really? Why don't you say that again a little closer? Find them. We head for the village. But Brother Saulos, the metallic one. Leave him to rot. He will not be allowed to defile the village. Take the others. It is time we knew our enemy. And for them to know, Kristaya the Lorca. surges I get from the only, where I can see my whole life, past, present, future, all at once, like, like you see it. You're the spirit, aren't you? The, the spirit of the only. These glimpses into your past and future, you will understand in time. First, you must learn to trust in me. Well, I do trust you. What I need to know is how to convince these blue robes to trust you. I, I've got to make them see the truth. You must have compassion. Yeah, I know. I, I want to make a good impression, too, but what should I say to these guys? I mean, there's, there's got to be something that'll make them understand. You are not in control. Yeah, no kidding. I just got the drack knocked out of me. trust in me. Wasn't that what I have been doing? I mean, I made my decision, right? Remember that? About a year ago? Yes to Yesu? So, so we've established that and we can move on, right? I mean, you're, you're going to get me out of this mess, right? So I guess I'll just wait here for now.
comes true and stand in defiance of what you would advise accept my compliance with what you choose I'll not refuse persisting through silence but in your silence rise in your silence rise arise and Where are my clothes? April 11th, 2398. Who are you? Why am I... Why am I chained to the wall and... What is this, a dungeon? On April 11th, 2398, you will die a grandfather in service to the king. But until that day, you will lead his armies in crushing the dark forces that oppose him. Until then, you will never encounter more than superficial injuries of sickness and will have no cause to fear death. And by now, you wield what is called the Spirit Blade. Sound familiar? Look, I- I'm happy to talk about it, but let's get these chains off my wrists and ankles and give me my clothes back. Then we can sit down Clothing and is a mark of dignity reserved for people. You are given only awkward, humiliating nakedness because you are not a person. You are what I say you are. You are a mouse. <laughs> you are insane. Hmm. You believe these words were given to you by a messenger. One of the Lorga's elite spirit warriors. Who's the Lorga? Christai. The Lorga is the one true god. He has blessed my people, the Santafi, with power over Miracli because we have forsaken all gifts of the Shader. They have hopelessly tainted technology and we will accept no benefit from their evil works. 
Another one. Yes, I am aware that the god you worship also lays claim to singular deity. In fact, you even call him the only. Well, I can tell you more about him. That, that's why we came. We might have a few things in common here. You're and we could... a mouse. You do an awful lot of talking and not much squeaking. Yeah, wh- what the frez are you talking about? We know of this prophecy you believe you were given. We also believe it to be true. Though the Dark One cannot see the future, he is more cunning than any created being and can occasionally deduce future events with stunning accuracy. By this method, you were given what you place your hope in. You think the messenger that gave me that prophecy... ...was a fallen servant of the Dark One. We are the Chosen of the Lorga. He speaks to none but our leaders. You and your kind are pretenders, deceivers. But we will know the truth of the Dark God that you serve and why you are here on his behalf. I just tried to tell you... While you slept, I was able to pull unguarded thoughts and memories from your mind. Not easy miracle to work, I might add. You might also be interested to know that several attempts were made to kill you while you slumbered, only to be met with blades falling loose from their handles, bottles of poison mysteriously shattering, and miracle failing where it never has before. From this, we determine that your prophecy is probably true. However, while you cannot be killed, will suffer no real injuries, and have no cause to fear death, you can be made to fear life. Into your hands, I can make my pillow. I was right. You and your other friend are both shifters. Your companion still sleeps, but you will now both find that your power to shift into the spirit world is prevented while in our village. What do you want? I want for you to squeak like a mouse. You've not been injured, at least not more than superficially, nor will you be, and you'll be every bit able to have children who will have children when we are finished. But make no mistake, you are not safe, Merrick Sire. What the jack was that? The power of Miracle burning through your nervous system in response to my will. I don't have any secrets. I came here to... And you misunderstand. This is an interrogation. This is transformation. You will learn to become something new. A masterpiece. But we must start slowly. And you begin as the lowest form of life. My creature. (laughs) My pet. There will be pain, but through it your blasphemous life will be given purpose by the Lorca. I am his servant, your merciful elder. And you will call me such, because it is by my power that you are granted speech to do so. I'm not your enemy. I came in to You see, a mouse does not have the power of speech. But you are a special mouse. I have given you the ability to speak, but only when accompanied by my title. Do you understand, mouse? Speak, mouse. Yes, merciful elder. Good. Very good. Eric, Vincent! Great. Between the crash and the attack, my systems are critical. Too hard to repair myself out here. Brilliant, Rand. You're talking to yourself. I suppose I could. 
It would have to be my only alternative, wouldn't it? Left palm emitter. Hollow display. Artificial intelligent automation ready to activate. Records indicate testing for this program is incomplete. Continuing may cause unpredictable errors in system operation. This action cannot be reversed. Do you wish to continue? Alright. Yes. Activate program. Artificially intelligent automation has been activated. Standard protocols are being rewritten. Complete. Thanks for activating me, Ram. I guess you're welcome, Aya. To be honest, I didn't want to, but I don't have any other choice. I need you to regulate and repair my cybernetics. You've already started system repair. Uh-huh. I just knew that. Well, hello. I'm functioning precisely as designed. Your cybernetic systems now register sensory data to your brain, like any other part of your body. And repairs are... 78% complete. Alright, might as well sit. I won't catch up to the others if I don't repair properly. Ram, are you okay? Why didn't you want to activate me? It's complicated. For one, you haven't been tested thoroughly yet. And integration with my systems is permanent. I honestly don't know what kind of glitches we might run into. Rand Galvanic's afraid of a couple glitches? Come on. What's really going on? I gave you someone's voice. That I know. That I... Ebony Ravenloft. Yes. Once again, I don't see a problem. It was stupid to pattern your voice after hers. I shouldn't have done it. Wait, aren't you pleased with her voice? Well, yeah, I am. Very... pleased. But no one else knows that I am. Not even her. Why not? Because telling her would be pointless. She wouldn't want... I mean... It just wouldn't work. Still, if I have to have a voice in my head that no one hears but me, I'm glad it's hers. Yours. Alright. Repairs completed and nanomeds recalled. Should I be in scanning for Vincent and Merrick? You're a mind reader. Naturally. Genetic match detected. Mapping course. Tracking route completed. Alright. Let's go find our friends. And now that introductions are out of the way, it is time to begin your transformation. Do you see this wooden staff I carry? Oh, my poor little mouse. You should answer me when I ask you a question. Then I will not have to use the power of my staff to transform you so painfully. Tell me that you made a mistake, Mouse. I made a, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Yes, you did. But you'd much rather please me with your behavior, wouldn't you? Yes, yes, Mouse. Excellent. Then let's move forward with your transformation. Do you remember what I told you that I wanted earlier? I'm sorry. I don't remember. I told you that I wanted you to squeak like a mouse. I don't know how. Let's not forget my title, little mouse. I'm afraid I will do it many times, Merrick. And the pain is at its least severe right now. Hard to imagine, isn't it? 
<laughs> when the Miracle responds to my will, channels through the staff, and rips into you, it feels like fire, doesn't it? Like your flesh must be liquefying and falling to the ground. You'll find, as your transformation continues, that there are no words that any skillful poet or author could invent to describe the agony you experience. It is truly transcendent. And through this ascension, you will touch the face of the Lorca. <sighs> but, to start that journey, you must squeak like a mouse. And if you don't know how, you must learn. Merciful. I don't understand. Now that sounds a lot like a man saying squeak squeak to me. What I want is for you to squeak like a mouse now. So think very carefully. And try again. And that was more of Spirit Blade Dark Ritual, and it continues on. Plenty more information, as well as the MP3s, the whole production up at spiritblade.net. Now, I also got the opportunity to speak to the creator of Spirit Blade, Peter Franzen. Uh, he is a great guy, young go-getter, um, having a lot of fun producing this kind of work, um, really standing strong with his uh, Christian beliefs and uh, having a really fun way of expressing his creativity. I, I've really enjoyed, of course, you've no doubt heard the music of Spirit Blade. Um, that's all him, too. Um, and he seems to be doing almost everything himself. And, you know, I was surprised to learn that he is not actually a professional audio guy. I uh, hope you enjoy hearing from him about as much as I did. All right, well, uh, welcome to Radio Drama Revival. Uh, today we've got a special guest on the show, Peter Franzen. He is the creator of Spirit Blade Productions, as well as actually uh, a voice that you'll hear in the production. Uh, now, Spirit Blade, as you've heard on the show, is uh, what's called Christian science fiction, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that means specifically, but it's um, science fiction with a Christian twist, but um, all of the awesome effects and music and, and stuff that you're really is very top-notch. I'm not going to find it in many other productions, uh, stuff of this caliber, so it's uh, a great work in its own right. Uh, Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me so much, Fred. Uh, it's a huge pleasure. And uh, wh why don't we, you know, sort of the first question I like to ask typically is sort of uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, you, you have uh, created Spirit Blade. How, how did you get started? What made you interested in, uh, in doing this work? Uh, I've always been a big fan of uh, sci-fi and comic books and fantasy and all that kind of, you know, geek, speculative fiction type stuff. Um, and as well as being uh, involved in uh, artistic pursuits, uh, the vocal stuff and uh, and drama and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I my life has kind of taken some twists and turns, um, but that has always remained consistent, my love for sci-fi and fantasy. And then uh, also I'm a Christian, and uh, so part of part of what uh, I really feel like I'm wired and meant to do is to communicate um, biblical ideas in ways that are accurate, but also maybe in a fresh a fresh new way that will kind of uh, drop some of the baggage associated with Christianity and the Church and all that kind of stuff, and, and figure out a way to present that to uh, 
to the geeks, my people, you know, to to the folks that unfortunately the uh, Christian community as a whole really doesn't know what to do with, you know, or sometimes even pushes them away, you know. So I want to create the community and and uh, and art forms for them to be involved in and talk about, and uh, uh, that will stimulate thought and uh, and conversation, and just also just hey, entertain, right? So um, and I figured that. Uh, the, the, the best outlet for my stories was probably going to be an audio drama because I've seen a lot of uh, Christian crap produced in terms of movies. Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, there's a, there's a combination of problems that, that cause that to come about. But um, sometimes I think they're just shooting too far for the amount of skill and budget that they have available to them. And so I feel like audio drama is a place where, you know, um, as I get better and better at it, I can more realistically hope to meet or one day even exceed kind of the standard uh, that's seen in the mainstream of audio drama. That's that's the standard that I feel like I can uh, reach a little bit more easily than trying to bite off, you know, a movie or something like that. So, um, so that took me uh, eventually to uh, to creating the our very small company, which is basically me and my wife doing the uh, number crunching and stuff like that for it, uh, but a very small company called Spirit Blade Productions over at www.spiritblade.net. We started that in uh, 2006 and launched it with uh, our first product, uh, Spirit Blade. Cool. Now, um, it's interesting. You bring up a couple different things I want to touch on, certainly um, how your work compares to the commercial work. Um, as well as as well as uh, you know audio drama versus other mediums, what uh, what kind of uh, inspirations are you taking now? Obviously, there's plenty of secular science fiction work in the audio drama arena, as well as some actual Christian works. You know that the focus on the family, um, the great stuff with Narnia. Uh, what what are some of the the works that um, that really you enjoy most in audio drama? Um, you know, it's funny. I, I'm I don't listen to much audio drama. When I was getting ready to do all of this, I I kind of used. Um, Dirk Mag's work with uh, some of the um, the Time Warner Superhero adaptations like The Death and Return of Superman and, and Batman Nightfall, if you're familiar with those works, and, and the Kingdom Come adaptation. So I used those as some quality benchmarks. I used the uh, the Left Behind audio series, which, you know, uh, regardless of what you think of the story, which I think, you know, has hit or miss sometimes, I thought that the production quality was uh, was pretty well done. So that was another benchmark. And as you mentioned, the Narnia stuff that uh, Focus produces. Uh, so, in, uh, so I took quality inspiration from some of those works but in terms of like my my artistic inspiration um i i'd watch movies and take in other forms of fiction and draw inspiration from them much more so than i do from other audio drama that's going on sure and and so are you a an audio person or what kind of uh skills because obviously you know anyone who's heard this here's a really high level caliber um if you've heard great stuff what what gave you this what skills um did you where does that come from Oh, well, you're very kind. Um, that's not my strength, uh, my natural strength at all. Um, I come from a, a very artsy-fartsy kind of background of music and acting and stuff like that. I'm not a computer techie guy, you know, and so all the stuff that I had to uh, do with uh, producing Spirit Blade and Spirit Blade Dark Ritual, I had to just learn on my own. And I've got a fantastic program. I'm using uh, Cakewalk's Sonar uh, Producer Edition. Um, but there's stuff I'm still using basically the second edition of that program because there's tons of stuff in there that I haven't figured out how to use yet. You know, it's just uh, it's a, so much of it, the terminology, and, you know, it's, it's a foreign language to me. And so I've really had to just kind of 
think around and figure out how to make it happen um, to, you know, to reach kind of where I wanted to hit at the end. But, you know, I, I've probably taken so much longer than other people would that are better with the computer stuff. And it was such a huge learning curve. I think folks that listen to Spirit Blade and then listen to Spirit Blade Dark Ritual will see kind of that journey for me as uh, in terms of my um, audio mixing skill. Uh, that uh, there was, I just learned so much doing Spirit Blade, and then was able to put so much of it into uh, into effect in Dark Ritual that there's a pretty significant uh, uh, difference I've been hearing from people, and I I felt it myself in the mixing process between uh, the two projects. Now, uh, it sounds like you're then doing most of the post production. Do you have other people who are involved in uh, the technical process, or is it still just you? It is just me. Uh, the The only folks that are involved. Um, Outside of me would be the actors, the actors that are involved, and they are uh, gracious enough to do it on a volunteer basis, and I hope to be able to uh, to pay them one day. But right now we're still in the red at Spirit Blade Productions. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, we, but we enjoy what we're doing, and so we continue to uh, to put funds into it, and we, we believe in what we're doing. So, But, yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate to have a wonderful cast involved in both productions. But aside from that, yeah, it's, it's just me, Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. trying to... <laughs> figure out how to do everything else. Yeah, and as well as doing uh, really great music, and I assume you do that sort of maybe in the same studio that you record the works in or or during the post-production process? Uh, yeah, um, that's that's right. I, I do write the songs as well and mix those together. And to call it a studio is a little bit of a glorification of what it really is. It's uh, it's basically me, Adele, a pretty nice uh, microphone, and a uh, a Triton LE uh, keyboard, um, and then you know purchased loops and stuff like that that I that I mix into the songs. But it's uh, it's I'm, I'm in a room right now. I'm in my quote studio, surrounded by you know walls covered in comic books and all kinds of geek culture stuff everywhere. So it's uh, a studio sounds really fancy and i suppose yeah if you want you can keep calling it that it'll make me feel really cool but uh, <laughs> it's not anything that fancy. yeah no uh that that's great so it sounds like you're um still you know a lot like uh, most of this you know most of us out here who are uh producing this in the in this internet age where you know low-cost production has made it so possible for you know a really good quality project to come from a home studio um you know what 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 gave you some of the ideas for the story arc um after you did the first spirit blade you know, what, what were some of the things that made you shape Dark Ritual or, or change the direction from the first pr- uh, production that you did? Um, well, you know, I I think I became more character-driven as I approached uh, Dark Ritual. I, I In the first one, I wanted to present kind of the um, the basic philosophy of the, uh, of the good guys and the basic philosophy of the bad guys. I wanted to present each character and who they were, kind of just in their basic, almost stereotyped form. Um, and then uh, Dark Ritual, you know, have to, it, it's kind of like the, the arc of a superhero. You kind of, you get their origin story, you define who they are, and then to tell, to tell an even better story, you really screw them up, you know. <laughs> and so that's, that's what's going on in Dark Ritual, is, is I just wanted to, I just wanted everybody to just kind of go through hell, just be put through the ringer, and kind of see what would happen, see how their character would hold up or not hold up, and uh, um, I took some inspiration from uh, Terry Goodkind's Sort of Truth series, yeah. particularly Wizard's First Rule. There's uh, two chapters in there where the main character is being tortured, and uh, I shamelessly, you know, ripped off some of the feel of uh, of those two chapters in uh, in Dark Ritual. Um, but uh, you know, that's that's just the basic the basic thought was uh, to kind of just put him through the ringer and and see what happens. Um, and I, I've seen you, of course, like on Audio Drama Talk and some of the other forums. Um, how how out there in the community are you? How have you gotten the word out about Spirit Blade? 
Uh, well, as much as I can, I've you know I um, I try. It's you know it's it's hard to figure out how to get the word out without you know like spamming and bothering people and stuff like that. But uh, uh, whenever I can, I spent about two weeks in December contacting just a ton of different podcasts, um, mostly on uh, a, a Christian podcast directory, um, and seeing if they'd be interested in you know reviewing it or or whatever. And uh, um, and it's you know a lot of it's just word of mouth. It's trying to you know to get it uh, to to get uh, fans interested in telling other people. And uh, I, I've got a presence on uh, Facebook and MySpace. We've actually got a, a, a group called the Spirit Blade Underground group on uh, Facebook that anybody can join if they want. Um, so I've got two blogs and I've got a weekly podcast. And so I try to just provide content that's interesting to people on the web that I think would be interested in Spirit Blade. Like, for example, the weekly podcast I have, I give updates at the beginning of the podcast on what's going on with Spirit Blade, but most of it is just uh, movie and sci-fi reviews from a uh, from a biblical perspective and from a geek perspective. And then a short, uh, you know, I guess you'd call it a Bible study type thing. And, um, but, you know, the, the whole the, – my, my effort in marketing is based on the idea of creating content that um, will draw the kind of people that I think will like uh, Spirit Blade production stuff. And then when they come to check out that content, then I have the opportunity to, you know, uh, put an ad or whatever on the blog or in the podcast for uh, something that we're doing. And hopefully they'll, uh, they'll check us out. Sure. Uh, and so that's sort of like your target market. Have you – encountered any resistance because it's a Christian work? Do people, you know, find find that offsetting, or do you think you're just getting the right people? You know, it's interesting. Um, if there is resistance from people that don't subscribe to uh, Christian philosophy, I don't hear about it very much. Oddly enough, the resistance I do hear about is from Christians who believe it's too violent or gory, or they don't like the kind of slang pseudo-cuss words that I've got in there. Um, so I'd say that the, the element of resistance that I've encountered has been much more from the kind of mainstream uh, Christian audience, but um, and I guess the, and I guess the, uh, you know in tandem with that, um, how much is Spirit Blade really designed to just be arts for art's sake, something that's just to be a story that we're supposed to enjoy, and how much is it really supposed to be an exploration of truth or something that's supposed to help us, uh, you know, raise questions and 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 look at our world differently. That's a great question, um, and it actually reminds me of what I was going to say before, that the, that the folks that are in the, from the Christian culture that kind of resist it, usually they're not my audience anyway. I'm, I'm really trying to reach out to uh, subcultures, you know, goths, geeks, um, hardcore sci-fi fans, you know. Um, it's... Uh, it's it's definitely about you know being entertaining. It's 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 really both. I mean, I really want to combine both. Now, ultimately, because um, I really uh, believe passionately that people need to take a look at the Bible seriously. Um, that's ultimately driving everything that I'm doing. However, having said that, what I the art I create is not. Um, uh, I hope that when people listen to it, they can enjoy it just as a good story. You know, even if they don't, they're not at all interested in Christian philosophy. I hope that they can enjoy the story uh, in spite of that or apart from that um, as just a cool sci-fi action, weird, cracked out, out of the box, you know, kind of story. So um, it's it's really about both. I think I think if I want to achieve um, getting people thinking and processing truth, 
um, and thinking about the biblical concepts, then I think the doorway to to keep their interest and to, and to get their minds to invest is to really entertain them and give them something that's that's wild instead of just a cheap imitation of uh, of something that's that's already been done really well in the secular world, which is unfortunately what I think a lot of uh, Christian fiction does is just kind of cheap imitations of stories that have already been told and they slap Jesus on it and nobody's interested. Right. So you're trying to make good art first and then you know the message is is part of that but is is not going to overwhelm the, the the quality of the content no i yeah i i don't i don't think so i you know i think it's uh, absolutely i hope it's that first and foremost people are really able to enjoy it for the story and then uh, that maybe the ideas presented in there will uh, dig inside and get them to uh, think a little bit critically about uh, what they believe um, so, so what's the future now? You just, just it sounds like a, you know recently released Dark Ritual, so there's probably not nothing uh, happening immediately. But you do have the podcast going on, and um, I guess um, you're still at the phase you're probably going to try to get word out about Dark Ritual. Any any other projects in the works? Uh, yeah, well, let's see. We've got, I mean, we got a ton of stuff going on, even between productions. Um, uh, www.spiritblade.net is a really cool place to visit because I'm always updating um, the the me- there's a media page on there with a bunch of free downloads of like behind the scenes stuff on both Spiritblade and now a growing list of special features for Dark Ritual you know cast interviews and um, you know behind the scenes kind of making of uh, you know uh, features and commentaries I've got an I've got an entire commentary for the uh, uh, for the original Spirit Blade, and I'm developing the commentary uh, for the second one, which is actually going to be an interactive audio commentary. On my podcast and blog, I'm asking for people to send in their questions, and then I'll give them a credit and answer their question in, in the commentary as I develop it. So ton of stuff always uh, you know, being added to spiritblade.net. And, um, yeah, I've got the podcast, which is at uh, p-a-e-t-e-r-pater.libsyn.com, no, or if you just put in Spirit Blade on iTunes, you'll find us. Um, But but the next project that I'm working on right now is an adaptation of a work called The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Uh, It's a classic allegory, and I'm taking it and I'm shifting it from a straight-up allegory because allegory is not that interesting to me if it's really heavy-handed like the original Pilgrim's Progress is, um, uh, but uh, transforming it into a fancy adventure. Um, and so that's what I'm working on now. That's going to be released in 60-minute segments, uh, on, digital only at first, and then when the whole thing's redu- done, we'll release it on CD. So I am actually getting to the end of uh, scripting the first 60-minute segment, and I'm hoping to be casting that thing, you know, uh, start that process within the next month. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, I mean, who knows? It could even be done before next Christmas. We'll see. But cool. that's, uh, that's kind of what's going on right now. Cool. Uh, Peter, thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And that was Peter Frenson of Spirit Blade. Of course, we mentioned the URL several times. Again, spiritblade.net to learn more. And uh, next week, we're going to continue on this uh, track. We're not going to actually be on uh, Christian work per se, but it will be on this theological bent as we uh, run into the uh, a place you, I think, maybe hearing for the one of the first times in America, um, the Soul Patrol, kind of a Angel uh, Justice League kind of thing, a lot of, a lot of fun, um, kind of have to hear it to believe it, uh, a little, little unique, uh, followed up by Afterlives, which is a uh, sort of misadventures in the uh, spirit world and the uh, life after death uh, kind of experience, um, you know, some different uh, perspectives on um, on the world out there and the bigger world, the forces that are influencing our world um, from an audio drama standpoint. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun. That's going to be the month of February um, in March. 
more stuff lined up after that. Um, now, meanwhile, if you can't wait for more, check out the blog and podcast, radiodramarevival.com. In addition to a handy link to subscribe to the podcast, you'll find previous episodes, scattered bits of audio drama news, articles, reviews, the Malleus series by Chris Duker. And, of course, while you're there, why not join the conversation and leave a comment or two? Um, also, we're going to have a really cool feature coming up um, this weekend if I get to it. Um, as part of our sort of a second anniversary bladed uh, affair, we're going to have um, the debut of a resource archive list directory, whatever you want to call it. Um, huge, huge uh, resource of different audio drama producers, fan sites, um, things to check out. Um, that'll be at RadioDramaRevival.com. Make it, it'll make it very obvious to find when, when you get there. Of course, you can also find the show on iTunes. Search for Radio Drama Revival. And that wraps it up for this week. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week.